Welcome to Because You Need to Know. I am Edwin K. Morse, President and Founder of Pioneer Knowledge Services. This series is your digital resource of valuable conversations with nonprofit and knowledge management enthusiasts from across industries and from around the globe. Aloha, my name is Brian Cho. I currently live in Honolulu, Hawaii. My most fantastic job work experience was doing a congressional fellowship with Congressman Kyle Mark Takai. Currently work at U.S. Army Pacific over at Fort Shafter, Hawaii. The last book I read was Go-Giver by Bob Berg and John David Mann. I have a pretty interesting backstory to that. We can get to it. My mentor, great friend of mine, Matthew Veal, he's a command knowledge manager at U.S. AFRICOM. What inspires me is when I see subordinates develop and flourish in their careers. Looking forward awesome. to it today. So what's the backstory there? What's the backstory to the story? This was this was pre-COVID. Pre-COVID, I, I go to the same Starbucks all the time, you know, right down the road from where I live. I'm um, just minding my own business. And this young man dressed up very dapper, uh, you know, unusual. Hawaii usually dressed like this. You, you see what I'm wearing. Yeah, right. Yeah. And the gentleman, he was probably like no older than 25 years old, uh, wearing a stress shirt, tie, came over to me and, you know, complimented me on my, hey, you look very sharp there, sir. You know, trying to be a little flattering. And I'm like, oh, that's cool, man. Thanks. Appreciate it. You know, everyone's like relatively nice. And I, I had a feeling where this was going. He basically gave the pitch. He was like, hey, you just look like a really fine guy that, you know, wants to, you know, wants to get things done. And I'm like, yeah, that that's true. <laughs> well, what's up? What can I do you for? And then he was like, you know, I, I was wondering, you know, you think we could exchange contact information? And all? I'm pretty like somewhat careful about it, but, you know, not really too careful because, Shoot, I'm sure my information's out there somewhere. You know, I, I initially gave him my business card and I had my work phone on there. I don't put my cell phone on there. Sure. And he was like, well, do you have your cell? Do you have your cell? Could I get your cell? And I was like, no, you know, I don't feel comfortable giving that away. And he was like, oh, come on, man. Could you really? He asked me twice. So I'm like, <laughs> "Jeez, I guess I got to give this guy a shot. This guy's really trying to hustle. So I gave it to him, you know, maybe a, late, a day or two later, he reached back out to me, asked me. I really wanted to reach out to you for a business opportunity. And, you know, do you want to meet back up at the Starbucks one more time? And I was like, and I was thinking like, I know where this is going. Okay. What are you trying to sell me? But I go to the Starbucks all the time. So, all right, let's do it. So I met up with him and then, you know, he gave the whole spiel, you know, you go over that quadrant, be like, Hey, people work for money. Then people don't put in a lot of time for money. Then they have investments, you know, the quadrant. I've seen it done before. And then he was like, you think you can really, you know, this is something you can be in into, you know, we're talking about financial freedom, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I wrote myself into this. <laughs> he was, and, and his wife was there too. And then, you know, his wife was saying like, yeah, I'm on track, you know, in about three months, I'm going to be uh, financially free. And, you know, it's going to be so liberty. I'm like, oh, that's great. Awesome. Good for you. I'm happy. And, you know, they're trying to get me at like, don't you, you know, want to escape your nine? And I'm like, dude, I enjoy what I do. I, I do it every day. This is my thing. I got really lucky. I made, made a few things work here and there, and I love what I do. Like, how can you really top that, right? How can you stump someone saying, like, they really do enjoy their job? Right, right. And I told them, like, okay, like, what else do you want me to do? Let me, let me see. And then they came back. We need to know if you're really committed. So I want to give you this book. And the book was The Go-Giver. It was the actual book that they gave. The, the basic summary of the book is, is based off of trust. Meaning you have this one guy that's trying to go into this business venture and you have this group basically saying like, trust me through these five processes. Just keep on trusting me. It was a really light read. I can't believe I finished it in like 
a day or two. I was like, <laughs> I usually never finish books. Like I take, I like to take yeah. my time. Yeah. So I, I read it, read it, read it. And I was like, Oh, I see where you guys are going with this, man. So I just kindly like told him, Hey, thanks for the book, man. But I'm not interested. But funny thing, how it ends is, you know, I, I go to that Starbucks still. I still see them down there. You know what? I commend you guys for give, giving the hustle because everyone needs a hustle sure. here and there, but it's not for me. That's a really interesting story about and it. And you summed it up to trust, right? And trust is can be manipulated for sure. In knowledge management, where do you install trust? Uh, how do you get a culture to buy in to trust? It takes a while. And the example I like to use is one that was derived from the KMI, the KM Institute. You know, they, they re- they, they've been doing the, the CKM certification for a while. And mm-hmm. they, they're trying to assist programs to build KM programs from ground up. Because, you know, a CEO executive, here's something cool. Like, KM, what is this? Like, how can I save money? Yeah. Well, how are we going to get there? You know, you, you could do your fascia analysis, see what your maturity model is. But like you mentioned just now, like how do you incorporate trust into KM? In my view, what I've experienced so far in my short term, you know, with U.S. Army Pacific is you got to get it with those big wins. That's how you gain that trust, you know, with the command to build the confidence of your organizational capacity. You start with the small wins, basically small wins or big wins. Mm-hmm. You know, you're talking about those quick wins, you know, jabs, a 50 meter target that pops up right in front of you rather than going, going for the 300, right? You know, that really gets the command to believe in you. Because, you know, bottom line is a lot of commands still don't know what KM is sure, really because sure. it's, it's, a, it's an afterthought, right? Basically, what you're saying is that you provide evidence. You provide evidence of value. So these short-term or, or short-distance targets, the easier to engage, the better. Because you can turn around and say, look what we did here. Look, look at the value that just came out of this. Yeah, and just a dovetail off of that, what really helps get people to like, you know, enjoy those quick wins is well, a, a metric I like to use is how much time did you just save? How much time did you save from automating this one thing? And it boils down to, you know, uh, I remember a class I took. I think it was uh, one of those secondary schools, evening classes at uh, the university up here, she was talking about processes. You know, you lay out a mm-hmm. process, basically lay out every single step. Let's see if we can eliminate something and automate it. What can we automate? Is it a people issue? Is it a process issue? Is it a tools issue? Most of the time, it might not even you know require a tool. You might just yeah. be deficient in one or the other. You talk yeah. about assigning a value to time. And do you see that knowledge management kind of fosters a self-help modality in order to make the connection to content or solution or business decision quicker, you cut down the distance to the user or the user interface to the content. So you make things that are more readily available and easier to find. So how do you build an organization that is available to be self-help. And I hate to use that. What, what, you know what I mean? Self-help. So you're not calling the S1 to say, hey, when does this happen? You just look on the internet and say, oh, I answered my own question. Great. I didn't have to involve anybody. That's the time saving to me. That's what I hear you saying. But how do you build the model to where you get people from calling somebody for the answer to just looking for themselves? And this is a... Uh a multi-tiered approach we even ran into as well over the past like three or four years I was at U.S. Army Pacific. First point in contact I'll say that we start off is it all starts out at the orientation course. People usually don't understand what KM is, but at the same time, you know, everybody's attention span is like, you know, realistically 10, 15 minutes, you know, let's just get to the point. Is it SharePoint? Is it, you know, the portal? I touch a piece of that, but 
what I really try to get everybody, you know, juices flowing and thinking about it, and this has worked pretty well. I've done a couple so far at staff orientation courses. When people display the, the knowledge hierarchy, uh, I think generally in the company, you see, you know, the knowledge pyramid, data, information, knowledge, and wisdom. Instead of just showing that pyramid, show something in more context. You know, the example I like to use is Legos. Data all the way down is basically Legos unfiltered. You know, the, the throw your tub on the floor and you step on it, it really hurts, right? Information, you have everything sorted out. Knowledge, we're starting to build pieces, but it doesn't really tell a story. And, you know, in order to get to wisdom, you're building the big picture. What, what story are you trying to tell? And, you know, this could range from any big organization or an army organization. You're trying to get a decision to your commanding general. When I paint it like that, I might see light bulbs start to go off because whether people like it or not, or people know it or not, is people are already kind of doing it. Yeah. Already. It's just they don't know they're doing yeah, it. Yet. Yeah. They're doing it unconsciously. No, really. I usually started off like that. I'll fast forward a little bit of like what we've done so far. Okay. So KM in an army organization, whether we like it or not, is a SharePoint heavy organization for the start, for the beginning. It is what it is. But, you know, my approach, what we did, I'll give credit to a colleague of mine. She's over in Japan. We helped establish standardization across the board. Going to different army commands, you'll see, you know, different layouts, you know, on every different section. Initially, we try to standardize, you know, every person's layout everywhere from what they're all about, their announcements and their directory as well, because top half of the centerfold is generally what people want to look for. That has paid off pretty good dividend because people generally know, you know, where to look for it. having proper governance, a KM SOP, a KM plan, you know, giving that senior leader feedback of like, how are you trying to get from A to Z? In this case, the, the joint DOD KM model on maturity. How do we get from one to five, right? And then where we are, where we're at, how we're going to get there, how it's going to improve our organization and get you to make a timely decision in the most accurate way. That's, that's generally how like most KM organizations are flowed, but they do tend to get a little stagnated, probably, you know, more SharePoint focused. So how do you engage the people to keep them engaged so you don't hit that stagnation? Yeah, so generally in an Army organization or any, any DOD organization, you have, you know, your general working groups. Even before that, you even, you know, you host your working groups to have the appointed knowledge management reps is you got you to gotta make sure your organization is functionally aligned correctly where it's supposed to be. So in an army DOD organization, it should be organized under the chief of staff since the chief of staff is generally, you know, the knowledge management officer where he foresees go and do great things. I want my staff to do this, you know, being empowered by him. We receive guidance. We try to, you know, whether pushing out by op order or a tasking to, you know, to gather those representatives to disseminate information flow. One thing could be SharePoint related. Another can be the battle rhythm as well. So battle rhythm generally daily staff meetings that is required to support the commander's decision cycle. Mm-hmm. Us facilitating the battle rhythm change manager process helps out other directorates basically refine the process and whether to add or remove, you know, events. Where does learning fall to, into this? And I, I bring that in because business practices, best practices, um, AARs, lessons learned, all these things that enable adaptation, change, learning, it's a continual spiral. It's a continual movement, hopefully, for an organization to learn. How do you focus people to become more active, one, in sharing knowledge, and two, learning? Oh, man. In my observation, this has been a challenge, I know, for most like military organizations. I don't know how it is in the civilian side. I'm sure it's across the spectrum, pretty difficult. A proper lessons learned program, you capture 
you know, after your big star event, you know, army goes to the, you know, it's consolidated by the center army of lessons learned, usually facilitated through the, the joint staff. You try to incorporate that into the joke cycle. That's a joint exercise life cycle to see like when to bring out those, you know, lessons learned to see like where we don't make mistakes ever again, how to make everybody turn into like a learning individual, a learning organization in general is having KM integrated really within, you know, primarily academics. When you have an actual like event going on, you're incorporated throughout every battle rhythm event, you know, through your knowledge management working groups and your several and your couple of other boards, meaning if, you know, KM needs to be a part of like a four-star level forum. And, you know, this is one individual, um, his name was Jack Merkel. He, he mentioned KM needs to have a talking piece. You have to say something. If you don't say nothing, people are seriously going to forget about you because keeping that conversation going, you got to make something factual, make something that'll get people thinking to learn and, you know, just to be a better person. Yeah. Too. Uh, so that, that opportunity to be improvement and betterment of the soldier, the individual, the unit, whatever that segment is, you brought up a point that was brought up in an earlier conversation I just had today about marketing. There's like an internal marketing mechanism that s seems to be necessary in a knowledge management on an enterprise level to keep that conversation going, to keep that front of mind. It's not just an annual certification of blah, blah, blah. You know, it's more of a keep them engaged, keep them learning. Yeah, you're absolutely right on that. Um, the, the CKM, you know, hosted by the KMI, he, he touched on that as well. Having index cards, three by five index cards, having little baseball cards, those type of stuff help. Having it spread out, it does help because yeah. people pick it up and they'll read it. But just that initial exposure actually is marketing for you. Depending on an organization, if you're a SharePoint heavy base organization, you know, right when you open Internet Explorer, your slider is right there saying, hey, talk about this and all that. Or, hey, just to let you know, or we have a town hall coming up and, yeah. you know, everybody gets to know, right? All that up. Yeah, that, that I think is a lot of downfalls in some KM rollouts is they don't put the effort into continually stimulating their people. Yeah, last thing I'd like to add too, you know, that the KM loses steam on is don't, don't forget the recognition too at the same time. Mm. People have to know at the same time when you have your champions, meaning champions could be your, your chief of staff or champions could be the chief of current operations, you know, which for us, when we do uh, defense support to civil authorities, you know, when we have a hurricane mission coming up, we help them with their collaboration portal. Keep your customers happy because they're they're going to be your champions to support you, give you the kudos, get your name out there, and that's even more marketing, you know, to keep you folks relevant. Do you find an opportunity to be creative in your solutions? We do. Yeah. Now, I know you you brought up the standardization, and which makes it predictable, and that's the what people get normal to, right? They they know where to go, they know where the legend is on the map. It's always in the same spot. They don't move it every time. But within that, when you're talking about client work, you have an opportunity to not just be a information technology provider because IT folks like to have all the requirements and KM is a little different because you can kind of actually co-create a solution that they may not have thought of. It's hard to come up with requirements when you don't know what it is you need in a specific software, hardware kind of setup. That is seriously so true because, you know, I'll go saying like, hey, what's the requirement or what do you want to see? And they're like, you'll know when I see it. Sometimes general officers, they, they seriously just don't know, you know, what they want. 
this was actually a recent project uh, solution that we just developed. And, you know, I'm pretty lucky. I got four high-speed SharePoint developers. They, they've been with the team since 2018, help us build, you know, tools and solutions. I've seen this go through an iteration about two to three years ago. Every chief of staff is different, right? Every chief gets what KM is. Every chief might not even know how to spell KM. And you might have the, <laughs> the chief that, you know, it's kind of like hands-off. Let's just say maybe he tap dances a little bit, but then, you know, you just nod your head and be like, okay, I'll just color. No problem. I got you. You know, we'll, we'll take care of you. So the first iteration of this tool was a way the, the chief wanted to be able to track, you know, how can I track an engagement, you know, that a general officer attends and I need the staff to be able to collaborate in here so that if there's relevant pertinent information, the general officer and his aide can just pull up. Like the example he liked to use was pro masks at Redstone Arsenal. I'm going to Redstone Arsenal. Okay, protection, G34 protection. I need you to input in this system, all things pro mask and what we need to ask for potentially. So we built this pretty good tool. It, you know, it had a pretty robust search functionality. One of the gaps that we ran into was it was a little too complicated and meaning we're trying to shove too much down at the same time. So that sort of died on the grapevine as well. Fast forward, maybe a year ago, the, the protocol team and also mo most of the GEO's front offices, they were still looking for a certain type of solution just to track engagements. Not engagements, people going off, but people coming into the command just in general. And the solution they're using for the time being was, was a PowerPoint. Generally, that's fine. The military likes to use PowerPoint and it's okay. It serves as pros and cons, right? You know, certain processes, you, you, you might need to use a PowerPoint as much as people don't like it. We develop a solution basically replicating what the PowerPoint looks like, visualizing the data for the senior officer. The gap that we filled, the process that we automated was the collaboration piece, meaning generally each event required a read ahead, uh, an executive decision information paper, and also a place to populate your exums. So staff action officers, you could assign X such and such, you know, to this engagement. People can just go in here, upload a product, it even shows you a stoplight chart, red, amber, green on like, hey, are we good? Are we still working? Are we, you know, solid? Or where are we like danger zone? They integrated this tool, you know, in general, you know, staff syncs just to see like, hey, you know, which event, which engagement do we need to assign a GO to? And so far it's, it's paid pretty dividend. And I think what really helped us out was just creates, creating something really simple. Yep. You know, using SharePoint in the back end, basic HTML and CSS in the front end really helped us all pay dividend. And then what we can really do later on and is really mature the process, you know, maybe integrate more advanced search features in there and such and such. It even got like such kudos that like other people wanted, you know, you know, of course, sure. when you see something shiny, they would be, yeah. you know, they want the same thing. And, we want and that. that's no problem. Yeah, we can do it all day, every day, really. <laughs> and that has been one of our like recent success stories. That brings up a great opportunity, right? You're able to provide service and value. I hear what you're saying. It's somewhat easy to overcomplicate everything. And I hear what you're saying. The interface has got to be easy. You can't make it complicated. You can't design anything anymore that's going to have a five-page instruction sheet on how to use it. I mean, that boat sailed. You know, we're not... For most applications, you want it to be figure it out. It's it's click here, figure it out. You you'll get there. And I think a lot of things we do make too complicated. It's something that I don't know. Maybe it's a a, a mental model that we need to get away from. You know, 
I hear some music in the background. What is your definition of knowledge management, Brian? <laughs> Depends on the context, really. Okay, on this context, uh, so my... on today's context. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> on today's context in a, in a joint DOD environment, KM is, you know, the commander's initiative to enable his staff to support his commander's decision cycle by aligning people's processes and tools to create a learning organization. That's the bottom line front. It's been reused, you know, ever since KM was first established in the, in the DOD. That really goes to any organization. Yeah. It really goes to, you can go to the FANG, the FANG T organizations, uh, down to your small mom and pop organization too. What do you have in place? What do you have a repository in place? Do you have your uh, naming mm-hmm. convention in place? You know, general practices right then there. That's what it boils down to. So what's the future? The metaverse. How does the metaverse, and that's coming. Thank goodness that we're just constantly chasing the next thing because it improves and becomes something different. And I'll just say this historically because I have this history. Back when computers first started out to become personally available, uh, the model was they adopted for the most part was they just took the digital conversion of what everybody was used to, which was manila folders and file cabinets and they just digitized the exact same process that we've all known for 500 years on how office stuff works what is the future when you start talking about augmented reality organic technology where meaning that eventually we'll all have implants of some sort what is knowledge management going to look like when you're going to retire as a W-5. Uh, it's very interesting that you brought that up. KM is always going to involve. And whether it gets pushed up to the chief's office, pushed down to the G3 when you have a KM guy that doesn't really know what he's doing, or pushed to the G6 to do system stuff, you're going to see it evolve all the time. What we're currently going through right now is uh, the Army has this cool thing called the Army Data Strategy. You know, they talk all things data. You know, they're, they're talking like, how do we automate the data kill chains? Like, do you even know what you're talking about? They'll talk things like cloud. <laughs> They'll talk things like cloud. You know, one guy will say like, we need everything in the cloud. I'm like, do you even know what that means? It's like, sure, buzzwords, cloud. But the cool thing, we are actually given this opportunity and it's actually, it is a point of contention to some CAM people too, as well, because bottom line is you can't make decisions off of data. You make decisions off of knowledge, right? In general. But I think to my interpretation, people do get that. So what's actually about to happen shortly in our organization, and I'm giving a lot, which is okay, because it's going to happen whether we like it or not, because we need to evolve. And like you said, augmented reality, AI, ML, you know, it's coming whether we like it or not. So how can we supplement that really? You're starting to have these establishments of CDOs, you know, chief data officers, they're kind of like lead the, the leading forefront, you know, with their deputies, one being whether knowledge management officer being a deputy, one being a, a cloud individual, the other in the army would be an ORSA individual. These are your data scientists as well that are able to filter out, you know, work with raw sets of data. Where CAM really works into this is you work with the governance piece, you work with the, the tools automation portion, you work with the, the training portion, you know, which is really important as well. And you also, you know, continue doing the collaboration environment. I I foresee it, you know, slowly evolving into a data science role, potentially, maybe a supplementary to the data science role with a dotted line to chief of staff, you know, still supporting his decision cycle, integrating staff processes. 
as well. Uh, I see that happening soon because a lot of organizations are going to this model where the, the KM organization is really being fused under the CDO from a lead from the CDO. And I think we do kind of need that firepower because Unfortunately, the military rank does matter. You know, you're going to have more firepower from either GS-15 or an SCS CDO to help you push through, you know, your initiatives. That's in the near term, I, I'd say three to five years, probably. Is there any other pieces that you would like to add in before we wrap up? Oh, man. I'll give a shout out to Matt Veal. Uh, Matt Veal, uh, U.S. Army AFRICOM, KMO colleague, Karen Sege, she's a KMO, the command knowledge manager at uh, US Army Japan. We all used to work together, you know, in US Army Pacific, we actually brought up most of the tools and solutions. Uh, the Army KM proponent, uh, Brigadier General Pete Benchoff, you know, he's a good proponent of KM, loves it. Major General Peter Andrzejczyk, but he was a huge proponent of KM. You know, he's all about it. He, uh, one thing he did mention to us was that he was afraid and worried that he didn't have control of a CAM program. And I think because he was so used to, you know, <laughs> micromanaging the CAM guy because the CAM guy didn't know, but he couldn't keep up. And then he just had to, you know, give him and let us do our thing. <laughs> and to be honest, I think that's that's what got us, you know, to where yeah, we're at. That you worked know, out the best. Sure, right? it worked out good. Like we had, yeah. you know, we, we got proponent offices from the Pentagon asking for like, hey, can you guys show us how you use your tool? You have a UCOM guy asking us for tools. You know, it's pretty our, cool when the phone starts ringing and you're like, who is this? What? Oh, yeah. I saw, yeah. 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 That's. I'm awesome. not surprised when it happens. It happens all the time. That's a wonderful compliment. So thank you very much for being here, Brian. I appreciate uh, it. Thank you so much. You know, glad to be here. Because You Need to Know is designed to bring people's experience and their knowledge forward to be shared. I'm Edwin K. Morris, and I thank you for joining in to listen to another conversation brought to you as a public service of Pioneer Knowledge Services, a nonprofit tax exempt organization with a charitable knowledge management purpose. Find us online at pioneer ks.org and add your voice to the conversation on Facebook.